the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. I'm so glad that you tuned into the prophetic voice of our times. My name is Nancy Morgan, and I'm standing in for Pastor Christina this weekend and next weekend. The last time I visited with you, we talked about the covenant of love. Today, we're going to discuss a covenant of power. Let's take a quick glimpse into our last conversation on the covenant of love or the blood covenant. Remember when I told you about the covenant and the exchange of coats signifying the mutual exchange of authority? By this act, the covenant representatives were saying, all that I have now is yours. And the exchange of weapons, they were saying, my strength is now your strength and your enemies are now my enemies. And you know that we are under the covenant of love, blood, and power through Jesus, who we are under covenant with. There is power that is available to all believers. You can appropriate all the benefits and privileges of the covenant here and now. The heavenly witnesses are ministering spirits who wait for you to speak the word of God to dispatch them and do your bidding. When you read the word of God, meditate on it and confess it, you are putting the word of God in your mind, renewing your mind, and confessing it with your mouth, you are initiating a renewing, regenerating, and sanctifying process in yourself. I've spoken to you about how important your relationship is with God. The secret to unleashing this power is having a relationship with God. Possess God and let him possess you. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. Remember your covenant with Jesus. We live by the faith of Jesus. When you confess the word of God and his promises to you, then you are building up your faith to the level where God moves in manifestations in your life. Speak faith-filled words. The power we have in the word of God is far greater than any powers on earth. God's power is available to all who desire to believe it and walk in it. We can have confidence in our prayers knowing God will answer our prayers because he is willing. In Matthew 8, verses 2 and 3, it says, And a leper came to him, Jesus, and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hands and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded. Remember, the anointing is for the benefit of God's people and the glory of God. God always gets the glory. When it comes to healing, no one should ever wonder if it is God's will to heal. Jesus said himself, I am willing. There are many benefits to the covenant of power, and some of these are the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of God, baptism of the Holy Spirit, power in praise, the power of binding and loosing, and the power of agreement. So let's discuss these benefits today. We will start with the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus was very important to God. 
He told Mary specifically that she was to name the baby boy Jesus. His name means salvation. Salvation from our sins and salvation from situations. He is our Savior. In the blood covenant, which I call the covenant of love and the covenant of powers, what we are discussing today. Remember, in the covenant, both families would choose a representative from their family to represent them in the covenant. Who was the covenant representative? For us, Jesus. So when we enter covenant with Jesus at our salvation, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we made a until death covenant and beyond with Jesus. We exchanged everything we had. We gave Jesus all our successes, all our failures, all our sins, and in exchange, Jesus gave us all he had, which saints is a lot. We really did not sacrifice a thing. We had so little to give, and Jesus gave it all. Now we are no longer two, but one. We are one with Jesus, and he lives in us. So our faith is in him. And when we become one with Jesus in this blood covenant, Jesus fills in all the gaps of our weaknesses. In Corinthians 12, verse 9, he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When you have a weakness, you have to rely on God, and then he can move because you get out of his way. When you are good at something or think you are strong in some area, then you want to do it your way. And though it may be a good way, it is not necessarily God's way. For the power of God to move through your life, you have to get out of the way. You will decrease so he can increase. Remember, it's not your power or anointing. It is the anointing of God. It belongs to him. God doesn't live in a box. You don't know how or when he's going to move. You just need to get in a personal relationship with God so that when he does move, you will get out of his way and let him be God. In 1 Corinthians 6.11, it says, But you are washed, you are sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. When you receive Jesus... You were justified and sanctified. And now that you are in covenant with Jesus, you have authority to use his name. Luke 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In Mark 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, the name of Jesus. They will cast out demons and they will speak in new tongues. In Ephesians 1, 20 through 22. It says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. So our authority is in the name of Jesus. There is heavenly, miraculous power in the name of Jesus. Jesus has already delegated this authority to you in the covenant when you exchange names. Jesus is in heaven, his authority is in heaven, and we have his power and authority on earth. So many times Christians are waiting on Jesus, but Jesus is waiting on you. He finished everything on earth that he came down to do, and now that he is in heaven, he is waiting for you to do the work. Jesus finished it all at the cross. Jesus left you all the power you will need to use here on earth to defeat the enemy. The Lord is our banner, our shepherd, our peace, our healer, our provider. He sanctifies us and he is our righteousness. Now let's talk about the blood of Jesus. Remember in the covenant when they walked through the blood, it was called the way of blood. That is where they stopped in the center and pronounced their pledges of loyalty that could never be broken. 
This pronouncement was called the blessing of the covenant. Jesus is our blood sacrifice. His loyalty has already been sworn. There is so much power in the blood of Jesus. In Leviticus 17 verse 11, it says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Jesus' blood blots out all our sins prior to being born and gives us a fresh, clean start, and then his blood covers our sins. In Romans 5.11, it says, We have joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. Your guilt and your debt has been canceled. Listen up, saints who want to hold on to the past. How many years has it been? Your debt has been canceled and your sins forgiven. You have a clean slate. You don't have a past when you receive Jesus as your Savior. You only have today and a great future. So don't let your past hinder you from receiving what God has for you today. And speaking of the past, for you to move on to the future, you have to leave your past behind. That includes all your past successes and failures and sins. And don't forget to release others from their offenses against you and move on, because I'm sure that you have offended someone also. Forgiveness is for you. It keeps sickness out of you. It is a spiritual process of elimination. It eliminates the toxins from you. Offenses and unforgiveness cause many sicknesses in the body. For your sake, let it go. You will be free to live in the present. When we were reconciled by the blood, our attitude was changed, and we accepted God's provision. We changed from hostility towards God to fellowship and love for God. In Colossians 1, verse 20, it says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. There is overcoming power in the blood. This is one of the benefits of the covenant when we appropriate what has been delegated to us. In Luke 10, verse 9, it says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. In Revelation it says, And they, the believers, overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. There is so much excitement when you talk about the wonderful, miraculous power of the blood. Just think that when Jesus was on the cross, being our blood sacrifice, he was thinking of us thousands of years ago. God had a great plan, and he's got a great plan for you. Some of you saints, I want you to listen to me. You weren't a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. His plan is perfect. Even when you think he's not around, he's always up to something. He is doing something in the background. God is into details, and he doesn't forget one thing. Just when you think you have him figured out, wrong, he will raise a standard and come in like a flood and defeat the enemy. You're on a need-to-know basis with God, or you'd make changes and try to make your plans his plans. That way your flesh can't take God's glory. God says it's my word that will not return void, not yours. Why do we plead the blood of Jesus? Because there is power in the blood. In the Old Covenant, they put burnt offerings on the altar and sprinkled blood around the altar because the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins was part of the worship. It was a foreshadowing of Jesus' sacrifice upon the cross. In Leviticus 9, verse 12, there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat. And when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. The blood drove away the evil spirits. When the people fell, they were slain in the spirit in the presence of the Lord. 
In Hebrews 12, 24, it says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, our mediator, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. And in 1 John 5, 8 through 9, And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. By faith and the inheritance of our covenant with Jesus, the covenant blessing includes the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood overcomes all evil. There is power in the blood of the Lamb. Now let's discuss the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are two baptisms in the Bible, water baptism and in Matthew 3, verse 16, John, John the baptizer says, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. The second baptism takes place in Acts 1, 4-5. Gathering them together, he commanded. He did not recommend. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Which, he said, you've heard of from me. Jesus had told his disciples that there was a gift he was sending, and he explained it to them. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Baptism changed. In John 1.33, the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Who did the heavens open up to, and who did the Spirit come down on and remain in? Jesus, right? So Jesus can only baptize with the Spirit because Jesus was Spirit-filled or filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts 2, verse 1, on the day of the Feast of the Harvest, they were all in one place. How many? All. That included Mary, the mother of Jesus, with the other 120 who were in the upper room waiting to celebrate the Feast of the Harvest. Acts 2, verse 3 and 4, it says, And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Notice that the gift of the Holy Spirit was said straight from the mouth of Jesus, that it was a gift from God, and that when the Holy Spirit descended down from heaven on them, he would give them words that they would speak which would be in other tongues. Ananias was sent three days later to lay hands on Paul because Jesus didn't want him to miss out on the great gift that was coming from heaven. Ananias laid hands on him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul had not received the Holy Spirit at his water baptism when he got saved. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one of the benefits of being in covenant with God. He is a gift straight from heaven. He was sent because Jesus said that he would come. Jesus said that these signs shall follow the believers. You are powerless without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus' own ministry did not begin until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power that created the universe. He is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. He is the way to pray to the Lord, spirit to spirit, and get the answers from heaven that you need. On your situation, you need a word from the Lord. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit can happen before or after water baptism. He can come upon you while hearing the word that I'm speaking today, or when the word is coming forth in power, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, or the laying on of hands. You should never be afraid of a gift from God. The Holy Spirit will make your relationship with God deeper and more intimate. If you want to know God, get to know the Holy Spirit. If you want power, He is your power source. If you want answers, He is your hotline to God. And when you don't know what to pray, 
He does. He will pray for you in spirit and in truth. It will be God's perfect will in every situation, even in the situations going on in the United States and Israel and in your life. The baptism in the spirit is physical and spiritual. The spirit abides and makes us aware of his constant presence with assurance of his lasting power. Without him, your Christian faith is powerless. Actually, your prayer life is powerless. His instruments are his believers. Think back to the day that the Holy Spirit made a grand entrance on earth. It was eighty twenty nine at the annual Jewish festival, which is always held to this day, 50 days after Jesus' crucifixion called Pentecost. It was one of the required festivals, and Jesus told them specifically to wait, and he was sending a gift. Mary and the 120 were gathered together in the upper room because they were celebrating Passover. The Holy Spirit created the universe, so he didn't slip in like a gentle breeze. He burst in the room like a hurricane, a rushing wind. That's power. He poured his spirit out on the men and women, including Mary, mother of Jesus. This wasn't a one-time visit. This was a new life. They were now spirit-filled and powerful. From that day forth, their lives were forever changed. Now they were a group of tongue-talking, devil-stomping, spirit-filled believers. I want you to hold on to that thought. Jesus said, wait. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a gift. The gift is from my Father. Let's step back in time before the gift was sent. Jesus had been buried with the tomb sealed and guarded by a watch of Roman soldiers. Yet on the third day of his burial, on the morning of the first day of the week, the body was no longer there, and the empty tomb stands still today as proof that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. Then there were ten or more recorded appearances of the resurrected Christ to his disciples. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the tomb be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. But now the soldier, as directed by the chief priest, sealed it in place with the official Roman seal, which could only be broken on penalty of death. The soldiers, they had watched him suffer and die, but then they had also experienced the great darkness and the great earthquake, and heard one of the centurions cry out, Truly this man was the Son of God. In Matthew 28, 2-4, says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They realized that what had happened at the tomb would soon become known. And they realized Pilate might well have them put to death for leaving their post. They headed for the temple to tell Caiaphas and the others that the tomb was empty, though it was not because of the disciples who were still somewhere in hiding. It says in Matthew twenty-eight eleven through 15, Some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night, and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. The story circulated by the soldiers was basically unbelievable and could not convince people very long, but it served the immediate purpose of sparing the soldiers' lives for the time being. 
When the priests and the Pharisees heard the report of the soldiers, they could tell that these men were telling the truth and that the tomb really was empty, not opened up by the disciples, but by a mighty angel of God. If they had been skeptical, they would have gone to the tomb themselves to investigate, but they did not. However, they instead bribed the soldiers to lie about the matter. Here was their chance to receive Jesus because they knew that Christ really had risen from the dead. The Messiah was here. They deceived a nation. Instead, they became more determined than ever to oppose him and his disciples, denying that almost undeniable truth of his victory over death in the grave. They had known about his miracles and his wonderful teachings for over three years, yet they still bitterly opposed him and sought for some means to destroy him, still deluding themselves and others with the notion that he was a deceiver, doing his mighty works by the power of the devil. Just three days earlier, before the assembly of the Sanhedrin Council, Jesus had acknowledged that he was indeed the very Son of God. When the soldiers came back to them with their amazing report of mighty angels in an empty tomb, thus confirming that he was back from the dead as he promised, they surely must have realized that he was all that he had claimed and could do all that he had promised. No one but God could defeat death, for it was God who pronounced the judgment of death on all who sin. No one but the Creator could bring life out of death, for it was he who had created life in the beginning." Instead, like Pharaoh, they hardened their hearts and proceeded to do everything in their power to deny his resurrection and to prevent his followers from claiming it. They may once have thought Jesus was a deceiver, but now they knew he was not. Very soon after the soldiers' report to the priest, the news must have reached Pilate also about the empty tomb. He could hardly believe the story that the disciples had stolen the body. In any case, Pilate knew that the tomb was empty, and there is no record that either he or his chief priest ever tried to find the body. Beyond any doubt, they would have tried diligently to find the body if they really thought there was any chance at all that it was somewhere on earth. The linen clothes that had been wrapped tightly around the body of Jesus were very important in John's record. They were lying on the shelf where Jesus' body had been placed in exactly the position where he had been, but the body was not in them. Never forget the empty tomb has provided beyond reasonable doubt that Christ rose from the dead after suffering and dying for the sins of the world. His resurrection, in turn, proves that he is the God of all creation, for only God can conquer death. So Jesus had already told his disciples that he was leaving earth and bound for heaven. He said, I will send a gift to you. Wait for the gift to arrive. We have the evidence that I just mentioned to you in the importance and the witness of the event beyond the disciples. So when Jesus said that I'm going to send you a gift and the Holy Spirit arrived with a grand entrance and power, listen up, saints. Jesus sent evidence that he had arrived in heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit. That was a sign on earth like an email or a text from heaven saying, I'm here. I'm in heaven. You want evidence that I made it? I just gave it to you. I've arrived. If Jesus was dead and didn't go to heaven, how could he send the gift? And if Jesus was not in heaven with the Father, how could he send the gift from God? This is your sign, sealed, and delivered evidence sent by Jesus Christ himself that without a doubt Jesus is who he said he is, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He is the undisputable Son of God. God sent a gift from heaven. He sent the Holy Seal, a king sending a seal that gives the power and authority of a king. When a king decrees a thing, it cannot be revoked unless the king says so. If God said it, it is done, period. Everything God does here on earth is through the power of the Holy Spirit. All of your experiences, answers to your prayers, healings, signs, wonders, and miracles are the works of God performed by the Holy Spirit on earth. 
Let me leave you with another great promise from Jesus, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that is openly acknowledge Jesus as your Lord, and shalt believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that is all that he died for your sins and completely satisfied the terrible debt you incurred before God, and thereby demonstrating the sin debt to be completely settled by his glorious victory over death, you shall be saved. That is saved from your deserved destiny in hell and given everlasting life with him in the new birth. Join me for the next week's broadcast and I will continue on the covenant of power. Saints, if you would like to register for our upcoming prophetic school, it is to be held on Friday, June the 19th from 7 to 9.30 p.m. and Saturday, June the 20th from 9.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. The registration amount is $30, which covers both days. And you can register at SOGMI.org, and you will find a link that will say Prophetic School Registration. If you would like to visit us in one of our services, Freedom Fellowship is located at 8419 Callahan Road. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and Sunday evening at 7 p.m. If you need a touch from God, make sure to attend the Wednesday night healing service at 7 p.m. and come expecting your miracle. Give us a call. 210-396-7891. Until then, Jesus Christ is Lord. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.